Welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. We're inspiring conversations for the unafraid. I'm Janice McDonald, founder of The Beacon Agency, author, and global champion for women. Why am I making this show? Because I want to share the inspiring stories of women leaders in business, arts and culture, politics, and more with all of you. Hear how they've chosen to go forward and be bold and make the world a better place, even when it wasn't easy to do. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Hey, everybody, I'm Janice McDonald, and this is the Fearless Women Podcast. Thanks for listening from all over Canada, including Calgary, Halifax, Toronto, and from so many countries around the world, USA, UK, and so many more. Oh, it's so nice to have you listening. Thank you so much. Hey, I want to check in with all of you. How are you doing? I'm hearing from many of you that it's been hard to be at home trying to make it all work. We're having to balance so many competing needs and adding Zoom meetings on top of it. I hope you're finding ways to be present and enjoy the little things. And I hope you can feel some connection and find some inspiration from our show. As many of you know, I released my book in early March. I want to thank you all for your support in making Fearless, Girls with Dreams, Women with Vision, a bestseller in Canada. I'm so grateful. You can still buy it at Chapters, Amazon, and in-store at Costco right across Canada. Now, my next guest knows all about media and publishing. She's an important voice in Canada on design, decor, and so much more. I'm very excited to welcome Mary Taggart, Editor-in-Chief of Ottawa at Home magazine. Mary is an interior decorator as well, a generous philanthropist, and overall tour de force. Welcome to the show, Mary. Hi, Janice. Thank you for having me. So this spring has been a blur, I think, for most of us. Uh, how have you been managing during these unprecedented times? And have you adjusted your business at all since March? So yeah, we have. We absolutely have. And it, it, was, a, it was a big decision that I made pretty early on when I started to see what was going on. We're a, a lifestyle and decor publication, and I always say we're aspirational. And, you know, I sort of looked at what was coming ahead for the spring issue, which is our renovation issue. And it's one of our biggest issues and super aspirational, which means we go sort of above and beyond the average attainable home decor to give people things to look at, you know, a a bit dreamlike at times. And I just felt that the environment was not conducive to what we produce. And I put a halt on the spring issue right away and thought we might come out with a summer issue that combined spring and summer. And then it took maybe (laughs) one or two more weeks for me to sort of say, no, we're not doing anything until the fall. So I basically stopped the print publication and we're really just trying to be more community oriented and go online with everything and go into social media platforms and that as a business is it doesn't cost me anything really except for just you know a few support people who have to help me out with stuff so this way I've really been able to kind of highlight the community and their needs and what they're doing to stay afloat and that's basically what our our business is and it's not really a business because you know it's more of a contribution to the the city right now. 
Yeah. Having to pause like so many, but you are very active on social media and uh, you're still giving us tips and tricks. Uh, I see it all the time. And, and I think those are, they may be a little bit aspirational kind of like, maybe you don't feel like decluttering, but what if you do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What are your, what are your tips? If you're saying, you know, we're all sheltering at home. If we want to tackle clutter, what's your advice? Yeah, I mean, it's that's it's really important what you're saying, because they are a bit aspirational. And I struggled to, to find a couple of topics that, you know, I could sort of inspire people if they were looking around their home and wanted to do something, but I don't want to threaten people either and make them feel like they should be trying to achieve more than maybe just kind of sitting around, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, But we're all looking at our space, uh, myself included, and I have a lot of open shelving in my house and I sort of thought, okay, it would be a really good time for me to clean that out and we tend to just kind of drop stuff into open shelving and I tackled that project myself. Um, The recycle bin became really full. (laughs) Yeah, because that's a big project. Yeah, it's a big or a little project. You know, I think it's a really great time to look at your space because we're living, um, we're kind of living uh, very clutter-free friendly because we're not acquiring, we're not consumers right now. So to, to live your decor as if you weren't a consumer, you know, you start to look at your space and go, I really don't need that. Somebody else might need that. And we can sort of take that that vibe that everybody's feeling and bring that into our decor and we'll be better off for it, really. Just sort of take away what you think you don't need. Yeah, and I love that idea of realizing that somebody else may need it and have the opportunity to get it. That's yeah. so powerful, especially yeah, right now. I mean, it's really tricky right now, though, because people have to remember that We can't deliver this stuff. You know, you've got to keep it Mm -hmm. stored in your garage or your basement because you you can't donate things like that right now. We can't donate personal items. So, you know, it's important to store them properly and safely so that when it's time to, to make the donations, they're still in good shape. What I did too was, because we're not consuming, I looked around my house for things that I already had that I could inject some personality into the open shelving, which I think is really important because it's just, uh, it's an opportunity to pick up those trinkets that we picked up when we were traveling and tucked away somewhere. And now you can find a way to display them. Give them a new life. A new life. Yeah. So you've worked in design for many years, uh, at least a decade before you transitioned into media. And your magazine is certainly a go-to guide in Canada's capital for everything in home and food, living and design. Why do you love what you do, Mary? And recognizing, obviously, you're in, you know, you're in pause right now, but everyone's waiting, you know, for the fall for it to come back out. But why do you love what you do? Um, So I had a design business for 10 years. And I mean, this is going to sound funny, but it's the truth. What I hated the most about having a design business was going into people's homes and telling them what to do, you know, (laughs) and that's, it's not a really, it's, you know, like a dentist that doesn't really want to work in somebody's mouth, right? (laughs) It's really not, um, not conducive to being a designer, not wanting to go into people's houses and telling them what to do. So I struggled with that aspect. And when I finally transitioned to media, I kind of reached my true calling. You know, I have a degree in education and I love to 
kind of educate people, but I don't want to tell them what to do. I want to help them get where they want to go. And with the magazine, I can offer up all kinds of tips and ideas and show people what other people are doing. And I don't have to be telling them what to do. They can take whatever they want from it and leave whatever they don't want from it. And hopefully we inspire people, but we're not being aggressive and telling them they have to do something. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, you know, I'm thinking about many people where we started about the topic of decluttering. Uh, Maybe we've gotten things a bit better sorted and we've got them neatly stacked for giveaway. Can you point us in the direction of the latest trends in terms of paint color and decor and style trends? Because this nicer weather continues and we want to spruce up our, our homes it would be helpful to get that sense of what, what are you seeing and what might we want to consider? Yeah, it's, that's such a good question. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer it um, correctly because what, what would have happened this spring is probably, you know, what would have happened moving forward in 2020 and 2021 in the world of style and decor isn't going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just sort of pulling out of a hat to try to come up with what, what I think will happen and what I think will happen is we're going to see a whole lot of vibrancy and uh, I kind of think we're going to go back to a bit of, I would be looking to 70s style decor and, you know, even a bit of 60s, you know, that peace Mm. and love and that boho vibe and macrame and plants and uh, yellow and sunshine and, uh, I kind of feel like orange is going to be a popular color. You know, I mean, if I say this to you right now, like, do you not kind of feel that vibe where you think I can go for that? You know, absolutely. Peace and love and feel good. (laughs) Like it's just what we want. And, and, you know, in the, in the seventies, the home was, you know, it was a fun, funky place to be, you know? And, and I just, I feel like, that's where we're going to end up for a little while. I think also that makes sense to me when I imagine we are kind of forced to come out of this whole period more relaxed, relaxed about our homes, relaxed about, you know, how we've been dressing and, yeah. you know, our hair. And, you know, so oh my God. It makes, yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, I feel like that's, we're going to get a bit of a homespun feel to everything. And, and uh, um, you know, kitchen has become so important and eating Mm -hmm. at home and you know home has never been more important than it is right today yeah i agree i i love i love this prediction and it certainly feels right for me everybody taking stock of how they're living and uh, the vibe they want. And, and some of it is really forced on us because we are home all the time. So maybe some of the other kind of standards that we had in terms of those expectations, we've had to relax some of those. And as we're using every part of our, our homes, because we need the space. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So Mary, tell me about a time you were fearless. Okay, so Janice, I, you know, first of all, congratulations on your book. That's fantastic. And, you know, the Thank fearless, you. ever since you put that book out, I've, I've kind of looked at that and thought, oh, I applaud these people. And I, it's, I've really been stumped to try and I've never, I have three times in my life where I can honestly say I was fearless. And it, mm-hmm. I don't think it's really 
what you might expect because, you know, I certainly have in the past number of years made a big dive career wise. Um, Mm. but those things kind of scared me (laughs) and I was, I, you know, I was fearful, but I got married at the age of 20 and I look back and I, I was completely fearless and I led with my heart and jumped right in. And that was a completely fearless move. And then went on to have four children and was never afraid, you know, just jumped right in completely fearless. And then on a very deep level, I made the decision to basically climb into bed with a friend at the end of life and live her life with her family and made some really big decisions with her. And I was never afraid. You know, it was, those were three completely fearless decisions that I made completely with my heart and never my head. I never had to think, should I do this? Is this the right thing? I just made those with conviction and just from my heart. Whereas with a business perspective, I had to think about it. You know, when I took the job with Auto at Home Magazine originally as the editor-in-chief, I was a little bit afraid. I mean, afraid of not taking the job and afraid of taking the job. And, And then when I ended up buying the business, I was afraid of becoming a business owner because that was not in my wheelhouse. But um, I mean, I guess I did that a little bit with some bravado, but I was definitely not fearless when I did that. So I really feel like when I've been most fearless, it's because I've let my heart take the lead. And when I combine my head and my heart, I'm a bit fearful. I love I love that. I love that idea of leading with your heart. And it can make us do amazing things. And those are beautiful examples. I also feel like this notion of being fearless doesn't mean that we're not afraid and we're not, you know, sometimes it can be just that we're fearing a little less. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, it's such a fun concept, you know, and and I know I've really wrestled with it, Janice. Like it's such a such an interesting word and deep meaning, like really deep meaning for every person, I'm sure. And, you know, kudos to you for creating that thought process in the world of women pushing themselves out there, basically. Yeah, well, you've been leading the way. Tell me this, what's something you wish you knew earlier? You know what I wish I knew earlier? That I I just wish I knew that I was capable. And, you know, Mm. I, I was just one of these I don't want to sell myself short, but I was just one of these people, you know, I went through kind of high school and university. I was there, you know, I was a pretty fun gal and I was there for the good time and I I did everything fine, you know, like obviously I was fine, I, you know, but mm-hmm. I really didn't give myself any credit for being as capable as I feel like I've turned out. <laughs> <laughs> as I've turned out to being. So I, I wish I could have, I, I wish I'd known that I was probably a little more capable than I'd given myself credit for a lot of the times I was growing up. I love that sense because here's the other thing though. I think also sometimes we're too hard on ourselves and don't recognize, for example, being able to have fun and do all of those things and still get the job done in terms of schoolwork, et cetera. Like that is success. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be successful in today's world. <laughs> well, I don't I mean, know, I you know, <laughs> like, yeah, but, you know, being able to balance those things and the things that sometimes we think, oh, this is easy for me, so we don't necessarily value it. 
but you know, you're very personable, you're warm, people turn to you, you know, that that's a gift and a skill. And because it's easy, sometimes we devalue it, or, or certainly at least we don't appreciate it to its full extent. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I mean, I do laugh when I look back. And I, you know, I can remember a professor even saying to me, do you think you're just going to get by on good looks and charm? And I charge <laughs> them and I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's working. That was pretty much my, well, yeah, I'm kind of hoping. <laughs> it's hysterical. So who do you turn to for advice? Um, you know, I'm pretty lucky. Uh, for advice, right, you know, my husband is fantastic. And um I really turn to him a lot. Uh, he's successful in business and he's got a really strong head about business. So that's a really big help. And then my oldest son, Daniel, has been, a re- you know, all four of my kids I turn to in different ways. And it's mm-hmm. it's pretty fun, you know, like Daniel and Olivia, very side job, work for me. And then Teddy and Riley are both super insightful in different ways. And my own parents, they are still such a big part of my life. And so it's it's probably, you know, my family and of course my friends. I have a really mm-hmm. solid, strong friend group and I, I reach out to to them as well. So I have a pretty great network of people who can help support me when I need it. Yeah. And we all need it right now, don't we? (laughs) We need our community. (laughs) So you spend a ton of time in the USA. You're in Maine and Florida really regularly. How are you going to be doing things differently when you finally head back to your homes in the US? Yeah. You know what? That's such a tricky question for me right now because I usually would be leaving the middle of June and basically Mm -hmm. heading down to Maine for pretty much most of the summer. And I've done that forever. And it's a really big part of my life. And so I I definitely won't be doing that. And I I still don't know. It's impossible for me to tell myself that I won't be getting to Maine this summer. But, you know, there's logistically, are we going to open the border? And I don't think we should be in a rush to do that. And we will take our, as much as I love my time in the US, I really need them to get themselves together. And I need them to be on the same wavelength as we are here in Canada. And, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uptight about uh, risking the health of myself, my family, my parents are older. I'm not prepared to risk anything to to go and hang out somewhere else. So yeah, yeah, it's tricky. Makes a lot of sense. It's such a strange time. And I think many people would agree we've done a really great job in Canada, but it it doesn't mean that that's true everywhere. No, it's not. I find it interesting listening to, you don't like to point fingers, but listening to Americans who are super keen on getting their lives and their economy back. And and so are we obviously in Canada. And it's really important that we get the economy back and have that all start up for sure. That's really important. But I think one of the biggest things, you know, I know myself, I I really care about the people and our older population. And, you know, and I'm sure they do as well. It's Mm -hmm. just we're not quite aligned in the thinking. And, you know, it's not to say one's right and one's wrong. It's just it's feeling for me personally, I need to feel a bit aligned before I immerse myself in another culture. And I'm not feeling that right now. Right. And especially as somebody who has spent so much time 
living there, you know, for yeah. large periods and of I, time I love, every year. You know, I love the country and I love the people and I'm really hopeful that they'll pull it together with their, their leadership issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, to bring it to uh, closer to home, you're very community minded. You're certainly a, a very generous donor. You have a family foundation. How do you and your family choose the projects and organizations that you support? Because, you know, you're known to support little and really big things. How does how does it all work out? Well, it's done in, in um, stages. We have the Taggart Parks Family Foundation, and that's made up of some of the spouses of the partners and junior partners in the organization. And um, we work together as a team looking at causes. The Taggart Parks Foundation really likes charities of the heart with local flavor. And if we could, we'd give to every single one, but we can't. So... But we don't, uh, as a rule, we don't give to the arts and education. When we do that, we do that personally. But with the foundation, that's just one area that we felt we could somehow make a distinction of where we do give and where we don't give. So it's a pretty hard no for arts and education and not because Mm -hmm. we don't believe in supporting it, but we will do so as individuals rather than as a foundation. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so exciting to see the kind of impact that you and your family and extended family have in the community. And it's uh, such a great reminder of how uh, giving really can transform a community. So a really powerful example. So here's my final question. And you touched on some of this before, but I'd like to wrap it up with this. What, Mary, is your dream for Canada? So for Canada as a country, you know, first of all, I'm just, I'm so proud to be a Canadian right now. And um, my, my dream for Canada, um, it's a personal dream. And I think it's probably, you know, I think it should be a a dream, you know, a dream of everybody. But, uh, you know, I'd really like to see our big sister (laughs) next door, south of the border, get itself together so that we can work more together i think we're we're both stronger together and uh right now it's i would just love to see that come together so that uh canada can be a support and supported by the united states i mean i just love to see canada just move forward and in the way that they are just by making a name for themselves in the arts community and we're really seeing that right now where canadian arts are are having a moment and i just hope that it's a moment that lasts a lifetime, really. Mm. It's a beautiful dream for Canada, very timely as well. You've been listening to Mary Taggart. She's the editor-in-chief of Ottawa at Home Magazine, an interior decorator, certainly a generous philanthropist. And as I said, and now you know because you've listened, an overall tour de force. Mary, it has been such a pleasure having you on the Fearless Women podcast. Thank you for having me, Janice. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening. We want our community to grow. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram, and sign up for our newsletter at fearlesswomenpodcast.com to get the early scoop. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, BDC, Lockheed Martin, and Export Development Canada. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. I'm Janice McDonald. Stay fearless.
you to Export Development Canada, the international risk experts, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. Supporting Canadian companies of all sizes succeed on the world stage. EDC takes your worries away and helps you grow your business with confidence. When your business has no borders, neither does your potential. Find out more at edc.ca slash women in trade. Thank you to BDC, the bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. We love smart companies that want to amplify women's voices. For more information, go to bdc.ca slash women.